to another episode of the Been There, Read That podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Batty, and as always, this program is brought to you by ChristianResearcher.com. Today, we're going to do a special episode of an interview with my brother, Aaron Batty. Aaron, it's good to have you on board with us today. Thanks for uh, taking this time to do the program with us. Um, right now, you're aspiring to preach. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, what's kind of motivated you to leave behind the nursing field and take on gospel preaching? Well, I was in a coffee shop one day. I think it was my sophomore, would have been my sophomore year of nursing school. And there was about a 1,300-page textbook that I was reading on gastrointestinal disease. And uh, I thought, man, I hate this. At the same time, I I never was um, pursuing my passion, as it were. People describe why they go into a profession. Um, at that point in time, I, you know, I'm looking at what I'm reading, and I hate it, and I'm looking at what I read in my own time, which are the Bible and biblical books, and I'm thinking, I really love that, and I wish I could spend more time doing that. Um, aside from that, you know, conversations I was having with people about the gospel and just put it all together, I realized long-term that's what I wanted to do. Okay. And as a part of that, and kind of preparing to take on that role, you've been spending some time over the last... Several months. How long has it been now that you've been studying with gospel preachers? Seven, about seven months when you count out the month of seeing sites and whatever along the way. Okay. And who who have you been studying with? Alan Bonifay is a preacher in Lodi, California. Um, I drove out there, and then I just got done studying with Ron Quarter. He's a preacher about 78 years old in Waterford, Michigan. I just left two or three days ago from studying with him. And what was it about both these preachers that drew you towards them and uh, made you want to study with them in particular? Having lived with them, I lived in their houses both. They're very hospitable. Their wives uh, provided for me the entire time. Um, Looking back on it, of course, there's many more reasons why I would stay with them a second time. But initially, I had been around Brother Alan Bonifay, the preacher study, which is a study held every December in Oklahoma City and uh, Texas. He's uh, a man of great Bible knowledge. I read his commentary, which if you haven't read it, it's uh, in the series. What's the series Contending for the Faith series on Romans. Right. Yeah, I read that last year, I think it was. Um, It took me a while. It was 700 pages, I think. But uh, excellent, excellent material on Romans. And uh, after reading that, you know, just further confirmed, I want to go study with him to broaden my knowledge base. Uh, Brother Ron... Again, excellent, excellent Bible student. He is very good about teaching principles. A lot of preachers, you might say they're good at one thing or another. Uh, and I wouldn't say that's his only strength, obviously, but particularly good at explaining why behind different things. Why do we worship God the way we do? A lot of people can tell you that we do worship the way we do, but the principle behind that is what really roots the doctrine. Both these brothers, Brother Alan Bonifay and Brother Ron Corbin, have been long-time faithful gospel preachers and have really had an impact on my life and your life 
before either one of us ever studied with them. Uh, they've been longtime friends of our father and been a big influence on him and his studies through the years. And as a kind of trickle-down effect, we've both been influenced by him. I got to study with Brother Alan Bonifay for a while as well, traveled with him to the Philippines several years ago. But I haven't ever got to do what you've done with Brother Ron Quarter. And I don't think jealous or envious is the proper terms to use, but um, I, I'm glad you got to have that experience, and I wish I could have the same experience at some point as well. Um, t- talk to us. You Obviously, you're aspiring to be a preacher right now. You haven't uh, fully launched into that. In the meantime, you've been working as a nurse full-time, and as you went and you studied with Alan and Brother Ron, you're working full-time as a travel nurse while also studying the Bible, which is kind of like a full-time job on top of that. How do you balance out that schedule some of the challenges that come with that? Uh, you kind of have to get past some self-doubts about what people might think about you. I'll explain that in just a second. But um, you work, what I was doing in Stockton, California was 7 p.m., get off at 7 a.m., that's 12 hours. Then you go and sometimes if it's your off day, you sleep four or five, you're dragging. And back to the point of not caring what people think about you, well, you know, Brother Allen was very understanding. Uh, at the same time, I'm thinking, man, I'm living in his house, I'm eating his food, and I got to um, get up out of bed here with hardly any sleep and study. And uh, some days I didn't uh, make it to the study, and some days I uh, you know, made up for that. But it was definitely difficult. It is like two full-time jobs. Um, and really, that's just preparing you for preaching, because there's not too many jobs that are more full-time than preaching. Yeah. Um, I think one of the challenges, obviously on this podcast, we talk about reading books a lot and studying the Bible and the need to do that. I think one of the challenges people have is working a full-time job and then finding time outside of work to do Bible study, which is a job in and of itself. It is work. Uh, The work is intensive. It can be tiring, but it's also very rewarding. And I appreciate the examples of you and like our brother-in-law, Mike, who went through nursing school as well to balance that study schedule and the Bible study aspect of it. And to be involved in church work is very commendable. Uh, What's some of the things that you and Brother Alan Bonifay kind of focused on in your studies or some of the the book book type of recommendations that he made along the way? Uh, Brother Alan? Mm Mm-hmm. He, uh, well, we started off studying the book of Hebrews. He asked me, what what do you want to study while you're here? Kind of left it open-ended. I really had a desire to kind of master might be a overdramatic way of putting it, but at least getting a good grip on Hebrews. So we studied um, each week a different chapter. You know, one, next week, study chapter two, go from there. Um, I read a couple of commentaries that I was wanting to read, and then he recommended Robert Milligan. He's an old, um, little later restoration preacher has a good commentary on Hebrews, and also Gareth Reese was another. Um, if you don't have Gareth Reese on pretty much any New Testament study, you haven't got a complete library for the <laughs> most part. Um, I'll touch back on him in just a second. And then James McKnight, the same thing. If you're going to study the epistles and you don't have James McKnight, I think that's how Brother Allen put it. He said, um, get it, basically. <laughs> right. Reese is good because he at least... He's a Christian church guy. I don't agree with him a lot, but he does give you at least a good, fair view of what all different people and different denominations believe on a given passage. So that's um, the method we went through. Yeah, those are really good recommends. They're not necessarily cheap recommendations. Gareth Reese's books 
are very much worth having in your library. They're going to run you about $35 a pop. And you can still get not only epistles for around $30 or so. And we don't carry Reese in our bookstore because uh, we can't buy that at a discount from the publisher. It's the same for everybody. Instead of you spending extra money to get it through us, just go to the source and look him up online, get his stuff. And we do carry McKnight from time to time, though. So, uh, What's a couple areas of study that you found? What's some things you learned, particularly from Brother Allen, in, in regards to be it the book of Hebrews or studying the Bible in general that kind of stood out in your mind? Uh, staying on the theme of Hebrews, I mean, because that's pr- primarily what we studied, you know, along the way I'd ask him some questions that were just off subject, but what I really took away from the Hebrew study is just um, keeping the context of the book, and that is its Jewish roots and its Old Testament roots, um, understanding that these Christians are coming out of Judaism and that will greatly affect your interpretation of verses that are typically taught what I call um, text preaching versus context preaching. Mm-hmm. People take passages like Hebrews 2, 1 through 4, mm-hmm. and verse 5, and they just they have a point they already want to preach. So they throw that verse out there mm-hmm. and show maybe um, how, you know, teach against the doctrine of once saved, always saved. Mm-hmm. Um, then Hebrews 5, verses 12 through chapter 6 and verse 6. Mm-hmm. The people like to use that for talking about how we need to stop being apathetic. Well, those are good. and The roots of those, though, are Old Testament doctrine and the Old Testament system and how these Christians would be reading that book. Um, Keeping the context really affects your interpretation of passages and those two particularly. Yeah. It's important to keep the context so that you're preaching the right point from the right passage. There's a lot of good points that are taught from the wrong passage, we might say. It's not that it's a wrong doctrine, per se. It's just that it's not being taught out of the passage that would be proper. That's good. Um, tell us about the winter study that Brother Ron does and what it was kind of focused around this year while you were up there. Yeah, it was very different. <laughs> different. It was very different working with Brother Ron. He had a kind of a different method, and one of those was every Saturday for the first two months. Um, it, we had basically those first two months, four church services every week, which for most people would floor them. Uh, especially when you consider on Saturday nights, you're getting a, a review test for about 30 minutes, and then he's preaching for about an hour and a half uh, in the middle of all that. There's some little eating refreshments and stuff. So you're talking about some grueling study. That was definitely uh, beneficial for me and everyone involved. It was um, on the topic of the remedial system, and one of the things, just taking away from that, as a fact, throughout Scripture, from the beginnings to the end, there's an altar, there's a sacrifice, and there's a priest. And if you didn't get that, you pretty much missed uh, the foundation of what is the remedial system. Mm-hmm. Um, that was then given to me. He, he gave me an assignment to preach on the consecration of the priest. And I spoke on that for one night. And that initially I thought, man, how am I going to speak on this? Like, You know, that's pretty dry material. Um, but... Thankfully, he got me to see the uh, the beneficial of the principles involved there and, and more. So kind of starting at the very beginning of the Bible, I'm painting a big picture view of that remedial system throughout, maybe supplying a little bit of the concept of typology along the way. Is that correct? Yeah, initially he wanted to talk on types and anti-types, but then it really just got broader than that. And mm-hmm. he's like, I wish I had titled this differently. Yeah. It's hard when you're doing a study like that, especially where you're putting forth as much material as Brother Ron is to 
be able to work far enough in advance and at the same time have it fresher in your mind to be able to teach. It's a tremendous amount of work that he does every year in the winter study. And um, I got to hear your presentation on the consecration of the priest and thought it was really interesting uh, and helpful. There's a lot of times we don't study the Pentateuch a whole lot because we view that as the old law that's passed away and what purpose does that have in our Bible studies today. It has a tremendous amount of influence on understanding later books of the Bible, whether it's in the Old Testament or the New Testament. We're talking about the remedial system under Christ and bringing everything to its ultimate uh, conclusion and consummation, if you will, especially when you're talking about the book of Hebrews, tons of overlap between the two and the book oh, yeah. of Hebrews. Um, as I understand, Brother Ron, while you were staying with him and studying, he kind of put you on a reading program. So tell us about that. Yeah, it was more or less a reading program. Um, I don't think he would have called it that, but he basically gave me books from different categories of learning. Um, from what I wrote down while I was there, I had a book on, or book, actually two books on apologetics that we started off with. That's about, you know, as basic as it gets. And then we had a book on hermeneutics, Bible interpretation. Um, another one on church history, going back to the Restoration Movement. And then one on gender issues. I wanted to study that for some studies I was having outside of on my own, so he had a little reading on that as well. Um, he touched a lot on Revelation, not the book of Revelation, but the process of God's re re revealing himself um, through the scripture. Okay. And that, really, I didn't get through even half of his book recommendations on that. So, so like on the, for instance, the gender issues topic, what do you have you reading in, in that area? There was a really good book that we started off with. It was one of the only books I read from page one for the last while I was there, um, Equal But Different by Alexander Strauch. And some people may recognize him. He's wrote a book on biblical eldership that a lot of our brethren have read and at least have in their library. Same guy, and it's just very basic and shows very um, perfectly the, the references that Paul makes in the New Testament back to the Genesis creation order uh, of man and woman. And uh, just a great read if you're going to read something short and to the point on that. Looking forward to doing a full review of that shortly, brother. Right at the time you told me you were reading that book, Brother Michael Bolton had contacted me and asked me if I had a copy of it. And I said, no. He said, well, I'd like you to review this on your podcast. So he sent me a copy of it. I'm in the process, almost finished with reading that. And we'll have a full review shortly. But one of the things that that book emphasizes, one thing that Ron is, Brother Ron has emphasized through the years is that the gender issue debate goes back to Genesis 2 and not Genesis 3. Mm -hmm. And understanding from the very point of creation, not from the point of the fall, you have a distinction between the genders. I think that's a really helpful and important point. Really been enjoying that book and looking forward to sharing that podcast uh, in the in the near future. Uh, what do you got on hermeneutics? What, what were you reading there? There was a couple of books. I only got to one of them. Clinton Lockhart, his yeah. Principles of Interpretation. And I really, it was that was one of the books where we read some of it and a lot of reads. We didn't go much more than a few chapters. He and that book um, had one really, really good chapter on axioms, and I didn't even know what an axiom was. <laughs> uh, sorry if that's embarrassing, but basically you've heard the statement, this is an axiomatic truth, and somebody will say something that's universally true. That's basically what the, he was introducing, biblical axioms, and okay. things like you always go from the um, easy passage to the more difficult passage, or you always assume a text is speaking literally unless it just does not absolutely fit literally, and then you interpret it figuratively. It's mm -hmm. those type of principles. 
Okay. It's been quite a while since I've read Lockhart, considered a classic on hermeneutics from a, a late Restoration time period. Uh, what were a couple others that kind of stood out in your mind from, from your reading? Um, several books, you know, just little bits and pieces there that I wouldn't necessarily recommend to people to read generally, mm-hmm. all audiences, but uh, one book that I need to read more, I think it's going to be a really good read, is Inspiration of the Bible by D.B. Warfield. It's an old book. He's kind of the authority on that subject. Mm-hmm. I think he wrote in the 1800s. Yeah. yeah, Warfield has a very high view of inspiration. He believes in verbal inspiration, plenary inspiration. Um, he was doing a lot in contending for the full inspiration of the Bible when higher criticism came along. Uh, really excellent read that um, if you're going to talk about the inspiration of the Bible, everybody's kind of quoting from and referencing that, and it's well worth going back to the source, if you will. Uh, share with us some helpful study uh, pieces of advice or uh, Bible study tips or general Bible knowledge tips that you gain from bro- both Brother Alan Bonifay and Ron Quarter. Well, one of the great things about studying with them was I got to hear them preach a lot. So things you learn in the office and then you see them putting into practice in the pulpit, um, you kind of gain without asking questions in that mm-hmm. respect. Repetition. I mean, I had learned that from my dad, but you know, uh, you grow up with dad and he's giving the same sermons over and over and you're thinking, well, is he the only guy that does this? Well, mm-hmm. All great preachers, uh, in my opinion, are masters at repeating themselves, and mm-hmm. their children bear the brunt of that. <laughs> but uh, that's really, really important, because especially if you have Bible studies that you lead on an individual basis, you'll learn the f- very quickly. Repetition is so important, just as much mm-hmm. as, it, as, it, as it is in a school classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people don't get things the first time. It takes numerous times, and to your point, we did catch a lot of things maybe an excessive amount, but they stand out in your mind. Like this past week I was doing a study and we were studying the book of Genesis going through and it, the story of Lot was under consideration. And I remember when dad would hold meetings, he'd ask us, what sermon do you want to hear? And we'd say, the sermon about Lot, because that was his shortest sermon. And that's going to be his last sermon in the meeting. There's so many practical points. I couldn't help but read through the material that I was going through and, and hear some of those childhood uh, sermons in my mind. And that is very helpful. It's good to see, to your point, to work with an evangelist and to see them in action, so to speak, and the methods that they use and the repetition, how, how they teach repetitively to their listening audience. It's good. What were kind of the major takeaways from getting to study with them, that your, your favorite points, I guess? Um, with Brother Ron, that's fresh on my mind since I was just up there, he had a lot of good one-liners. He's the, <laughs> he is the karate master of one-liners, basically. One of them that I just heard and really is standing out right now is you can preach or you can hear Bible stories without ever hearing the Bible story. Mm-hmm. And he's right now doing a walk through the Bible, starting with Genesis and going through the major biblical periods and trying to teach what is the Bible story behind all these smaller narratives. And that's so important because... I'd say I've been in a lot of congregations across the United States, and I'd say one of the biggest weaknesses is exactly that, teaching Bible stories and never getting to what are those stories pointing to. You know, if you're a Jew in the Old Testament and you're reading this, you don't know a lot of the truths, 
that we as New Testament Christians know from the New Testament, but you are expecting an expectation is building of a Messiah and of redemption from sin and these major foci that are the Old Testament story. When you, when you think about Brother Allen's preaching or Brother Ron's, how would you can classify? Is it more topically based or expository based teaching? It was a nice little kind of mix of both in a way. Um, Brother Allen's very expository, very expository. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very, very good. Uh, Brother Ron, he spoke more uh, kind of a little mixture of both. And I asked him about this. I said, what is expository preaching exactly? Because I'm listening to him preach, and I know that he preaches, at least lays claim to that. But then I'm thinking, he's teaching a lot of topics is what it sounds like. Um, kind of, basically, if, if you have a topic, uh, that's good and fine. But if you're using text and you're never explaining the text that you use, then that's what I would say is just topical preaching in mm-hmm. its purest form. Mm-hmm. A good expository lesson could either have a topical title but still you're explaining the text that you're using. You might even just focus on one text to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of deceiving people when you put a title on the board in that, in that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, and that's, that's what I try to get across to brethren is that think expository. And what I mean by that is pick a passage and explain the passage. If you want to talk on uh, a certain topic, for instance, uh, marriage, pick a passage. Pick either Ephesians 5 or Matthew 19 and teach out of the passage, explain the passage, and that will be much more helpful than jumping around to a hundred different passages scattered throughout the Bible, taking them out of context, maybe misusing a passage to teach the right point, and grounding it in a in a specific pack, uh, passage. I feel like that's the experience that I've had with Brother Ron in the past is that style of teaching. But I know Brother Allen uh, does a lot of systematic teaching passage by passage uh, whether it's through a book of the Bible or through uh, a particular passage. But one of the things I think about with Brother Ron Corden, you can probably speak more to this, is he he talks about the big picture and trying to show how the Bible story as a whole connects. He calls it the continuity of Scripture. Yeah. And that's really helpful. I think to your to his statement about the Bible stories, hearing Bible stories but not knowing the story, that's kind of what that's speaking to. We we know the story of David, we know the story of Samson, we know the story of Daniel, but how do all those stories fit together and what role does each one play in taking us to the Messiah is something that I think we have difficulty. I can confess firsthand, I've done that several times on this program, of building the big picture is kind of difficult for me and trying to go back and remedy that's been a challenge, but also trying to design some teaching geared towards helping others build that. I think it's a really big challenge. We teach a lot out of the New Testament. And that's good. That's the covenant that we're under. But there's a lot of things about the New Testament we're not going to appreciate or fully understand if we don't have the Old Testament background that they're referencing. For instance, the book of Hebrews, you've been talking about tons and tons and tons of Old Testament passages, even when it's not giving direct quotations, there's allusions and basic knowledge that it's assumed that you have in coming to the table. And if we're not studying our Old Testament, we're not going to appreciate and understand what's being given to us. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I appreciate you doing this little interview with us. Uh, any closing thoughts you want to share with us? I can't really think of any. Um, appreciate you having me on. Okay. And uh, really this gave me a time to reflect about all the things I learned, so that was good for my own benefit. Okay, we're going to do another episode next week with uh, Aaron, and we're going to talk more about some personal reading 
goals that he has, things along that line. So tune in again next week. Thank you for tuning into the program. If you have any questions about today's discussion or any book-related questions in general, religious books, that is, you can email us at christianresearcher at gmail.com. We'll be happy to fill those questions, try to get an answer for you. Be sure to share this podcast, subscribe to it, and share with others so we can grow our listening audience. Thanks, have a great week, and God bless. Better is our sacrifice, he paid the, he paid the price, the price. He paid it all upon the cross, no longer bound by sin or with the eternal loss. He took my sin and washed it away. When I was immersed in that watery grave, I heard that gospel call because he paid it all.